Hello everybody, this is Tom Capone. I'm with my dad and we're sitting in the living room of our house on 9th Street in Oceanside. And we're here to bring to you episode six of my dad's Recollections podcast. Hey dad, how you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Good. And we have two very special guests with us today. We have my sister Susan McNano and my sister Linda Udy. Hi guys. Hi Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi dad. Hey. <laughs> So we thought it'd be nice if uh, the four of us would have a conversation as part of uh, episode six of this podcast. So we're here and we're just going to have a conversation about anything and everything that comes to mind. And that really is what's at the heart of recollections, stories that come to mind about our family. And um, so why don't we, why don't we begin? So, so with that, Dad, I'd like to, to ask you a couple of questions, things that I've noticed of late that when we're together, sometimes even in public public place and we're maybe in a restaurant and you happen to spot a young, a young child, you automatically reach into your pocket and, and find a penny and you approach that child and you begin to do your penny trick for, for the child. And every time, even in this day and age, every time that child seems amazed and it amazes me so with that I I seem to recall that you told me long ago that I think Grandpa Mike mommy's father taught you those tricks along with that levitating broom and the penny on your head and pulling it out of the ear what is that accurate or not first of all his name at work was Fat Mike Fat Mike but yeah go and ahead. Uh, yes and we we did tricks there together I learned them from him the levitating broom I remember doing it in the living room they lived on the second floor of the house and so the levitating broom trick is you would stand over a broom that was laying flat on the floor yes and you would magically make it rise up off the floor. Right, I would uh, utter some incantation and, you know, as if it wasn't going to happen and then finally it would move a little. While waving your fingers. You know, trying to get it up. But uh, I can tell you how it was done. Well, well now we know how it was done, but let's get to that after. I, I remember that trick so well. I remember seeing you do it many times in our first house in Lindenhurst, and the room would be a little dark, and everyone, all the children, our cousins would be sitting around, and you would be standing and rubbing your hands together, getting ready to levitate this broom, and we would all watch in amazement as the broom actually did rise. And I can't tell you how disappointed I was when I finally learned how it was I don't know that we want to reveal how it happens. A good magician doesn't reveal how how those... But only a select few, I think, family members know, and and that's how it should be. Well, actually, it's a generational thing because I perform that in my living room of my house for my kids. Is that I right? think I did it actually during a Christmas yeah, I think, celebration I think one year. So. so you learned it in Brooklyn yeah. from your father-in-law. Right. You brought that tradition to our family growing up, and, and I did that for my kids when they were growing up. Right. And, and I, I, Go ahead. No, I always stood with my back against a, a dark, dark wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Linda, I do want to say, though, that you're correct, though. The other day we were at Arthur Avenue in Dominic's, and there was a family that walked in, husband and wife and two young girls, and I'm in the middle of a conversation with Dad, and all of a sudden he got up yeah. and walked across the restaurant <laughs> and reached into his pocket, took out a, a penny, and performed the magic trick for yeah. the girls who were looking at him like, what? first... They were amazed at who was this man, yeah, the and, stranger. and then they were even more amazed to see that this magic trick was really, truly magical for them. And in the te- day of technology and cell phones, it still, it still right. works. I, I and know then that. Then I had to reach for a second penny because there were two, two kids. kids. Oh. I, I gave them each the penny. I said, "You can practice." Big spender. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that you've shown that trick to my grandson Austin, and he still loves it. And sometimes, if I want to get a smile out of him, I'll do the trick on him. And even though he knows how it's done, he still gets a, a good laugh out of it when I when I do but it that, to him. I'm surprised because I I was going to point out that. It isn't that easy to do, and I pride myself on being, you know, kind of able-bodied, but I can't do it as well as you. I don't, I just haven't learned math. It takes a lot of practice. Is that, is that, uh, that stems from Fat Mike, Grandpa Mike? Yes. From way back. They lived upstairs, and he always sat at the head of the table in that dining room. Cigarette in his hand, ashtray on the side. And if I sat down next to him, he'd lean over and put the cigarette against my arm. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> get a little charge out of yeah. you. Oh. I know we really didn't get to know Grandpa Mike because he passed away when I was one. So Jerry, who was older than me, as we all know, um, was able to have him and enjoy his you know being his grandfather for you know a few years but none of the three of us really got to know him and what we did know was that his wife Catherine Katie came to live with us in our home in Lindenhurst after he passed away and um, you know grandma Katie was kind of quiet um, and you know you're telling us that Grandpa Mike was funny. He was a character, and Grandma Katie was kind of quiet. Very quiet. Yeah. yeah. Can you can you tell she, us about her? Things that we may not well, remember or know. <laughs> she uh, invariably, when she was sitting in company or she would be tapping her. Oh, that's so funny because that's what Mom always did. Yeah, the same wow. thing. Mm-hmm. Tapping her uh, fingers against her knee or the table or whatever, wherever she was. Huh. She was just saying, when, when he passed away, she was alone. Uh, where the heck was Johnny? He was in the Navy, well, he I was think, in the Navy. still then. So uh, we drove out and uh, gathered all her stuff and brought her to uh, our house in Lindenhurst, Linden which wasn't a huge house, so you were four children, um, you and mom, and then grandma, Catherine. And we had a, uh, an extension built on the house. Right, right? in yeah. the back of the house, oh, wow. you made your, your bedroom yeah. at the back of the house, and I think we only had two other bedrooms besides that. Is that, tr- is that right? I'm remembering no, now, I, I had forgotten all about the fact that there was an extension built onto oh, that house. Oh, really? Yeah. 
I, I think the extension was actually put on right before Linda was born because oh, okay. I remember seeing um, christening pictures of you mm-hmm. and that room was new oh. and you were being dressed in that room. Okay. Um, so now that I think of it, so there were three bedrooms, I believe, and Grandma Katie's bedroom was toward the front of the house and I believe that your bedroom, Tom with Jerry, was right next to that and yeah. my small bedroom was next to that, very tiny. And um, right. right, and then you built the other bedroom in the back of the house. But my my memory of Grandma Katie yeah. was she would go walk to the store, which was the and grocery the store was down the block. Yeah. She had her purse on her forearm, mm-hmm. and she would walk very properly. She was a tiny woman. And uh, she didn't smile often. Mm. I, I don't remember her smiling a lot mm. or easily. Mm. But she'd always come back with a box of cookies look, for look me. Look what I just wrote down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> animal wow. crackers. Well, no, these oh, weren't oh, okay. animal crackers. What she brought me were uh-huh. tiny little vanilla wafers. It was a front and a back. And in between was marshmallow. Aww. And they were very soft wafers Aww. with the marshmallow inside. And it was very small rectangular box uh-huh. and I remember I love those cookies That's so funny. And, and I have never seen anything like them she in brought the store. them just for you because I don't remember <laughs> ever getting any of those, and Tom, those cookies <laughs> I just made a note that my only recollection of grandma Katie was in this house and she would bring me those the red box of the the animal crackers like at the that. zoo yeah. you know in right. the circus mm-hmm. so that was huh. that must have been her way right. of what was the name of the street that we lived on uh, North, North Clinton, Clinton North Avenue, Clinton. 950 North, North Clinton, Clinton Avenue. And I live uh, five minutes from that block. And who lived across the street? The Galantes. Uh, well, the Galantes lived yeah. next door. No, no they lived they across lived the street. Oh, I'm sorry, across the street. The Gigantes lived next door to us. <laughs> they all sound the same. Yeah. And, uh, and the Winnickers. The Winnickers lived across, across the street. The street. Yeah. And the Brownings. Right, Janet Browning. She was my best friend until they moved to Texas. <laughs> and the Menards next door in the winter, I just remember we always got a lot of snow in the winter. They would always build an igloo. Wow. And as dangerous as it sounds to me, or thinks, I think about it now, I would never go in a homemade igloo now. I'd be fearful of it collapsing. But they would always make a big igloo and everybody would go in it. That's how yeah, big it was. Wow. One of my memories of Lindenhurst was of a pet that we had, a rather unique kind of pet. What kind of pet was it, Dad? Do you remember? A skunk. A skunk. A deodorized skunk. Do you remember its name, Dad? No. Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> and how is it that we wound we had up? a cage yeah. in the back, uh, you know, with covered mm-hmm. and that. How is it that we had a pet skunk? I have no idea. Yes. Somebody brought it to school. I think one of the classrooms at your school had it oh. in the high school, the junior high, in the junior high. Maybe junior. they needed and it for the summer. Yeah, or and you brought it home. Wow. Every once in a while, if I walk into a classroom and they're talking about, kids are talking about pets, I'll share that story. story. I had a pet skunk, and they'd look at me like, Mr. Capone, are you kidding? I know. (laughs) And, uh, of course, on that block down the street where the uh, Galantes, Mm -hmm. uh, Mom had uh, 
prepared a big dinner oh, yeah, I like this story. for New Year's Eve, and we had invited the, the family from Brooklyn, the city. And it snowed and snowed, and they were not able to come out. We had all this food. And we would, and people across the street were the first uh, residents in that block. They had just been building those houses. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to go across the street, down the block. There's a light on. Those people must be home. So I went there and uh, told them and invited them for New dinner. Year's dinner. They accepted. And it was the start of a <clears throat> long and very dear friendship with Bill and Marie Galanti. And you still speak to Marie every once Bill in a while? Bill has since passed away, but I speak to Marie regularly. She's uh, lost her vision for, for all practical purposes and has a, a large screen, which the Society for the Blind or something provided, uh, provided for her. And she can see on this screen, and we still speak regularly. And she's, she, yeah, go ahead, Dad. Funny story, yeah. next door to us was... Gigantes? Um, no, immediately to the left. Uh, there was Menard? Menard. Menard. What's his first name? Werner? Go, Werner Menard. Wow, how yeah. I remember I'm that? Impressed. Oh, I'm yeah. very impressed. And he was... Uh, a jokes, joker, uh -oh. and one day he went to uh, Bill Galanti's and Marie's house, and he rang the bell, and it was the summertime, and all of us wore, you know, shorts and a t-shirt, and uh, he rang the bell, and Bill opened the door and answered, and Werner just reached in and pulled down his pants. <laughs> <laughs> just for the heck of it. I had no idea where you were going yeah, with that I, story. I didn't either. I but didn't. it's the truth. That's yes. what happened. Oh, that's so funny. funny. <laughs> well, and, and Mrs. Galanti still, even with her difficult you know, vision, she even writes letters to you, notes, Yes. however difficult it is. But that was a, a routine that she kept up all these years with mom. She would always send mom a card, I'm thinking of you, I love you, you know, a card of friendship yeah. over all of the years. Yeah. I, I just have so many nice memories of living in that house. And I remember in the summertime, the, all of us children would be in the backyard. We, we would be outside playing all day. Mm -hmm. We would either play kickball in the street or we'd be playing Monopoly under the trees in the backyard. Mm. But all the neighborhood kids were around the same ages as we were, mm. and everybody would just play together mm. outside all day. And I remember just being called in to eat dinner, <laughs> but we were always outside. Yeah. Things are so different. There were obviously no electronics, right. and, and we just made up the tree up on the games. front lawn? Oh, that was the climbing tree. I love that tree. Mm. In the front, uh -huh. where did it come from? It came from the woods uh, in, what was the next town over? Bayshore, Linden, uh, Copaig. Copaig? Yeah. Cop well, you had up family. north on one of the roads, there was just like a wooded area. And uh, 
I went there, and I think Bill Galanti might have been the other person, dug up a tree. Hmm. You stole the tree? <laughs> we dug up the tree and came and planted it wow. in the front. Looking at the front of the house, there was the driveway, and to the right, but close to the sidewalk, wow. we dug a hole and planted the tree. Hmm. And that was that. All of these stories are reminding all of us about what a wonderful time it was living on North Clinton Avenue, having the, the friends that we've had, people who became lifelong friends. It must have been um, with mixed feelings that we picked up and moved to Oceanside. Yeah. How was that with the Galantes in particular? I mean, we were the closest with them. Yeah. That must not have been an easy thing to... But I want to just interject here. We haven't mentioned you. Who lived directly across from us? Well, the Winnickers. Winnickers. Yeah. Oh. They moved first. Yeah. They oh. moved before we did. And yeah. the Brownings. And the Walters. Walters. Uh -huh. Lewis Walter. Right? Oh, yeah. Remember? Uh -huh. He was Jerry's age. I forgot. So how was, the, the, how was it that we were moving? Oh. When we moved. You know, you and the Galantes, us and the Galantes were very close. Uh, and of course, we were four kids plus. Three adults. Three adults. And one day the phone rang and Grandpa Capone, it was the summertime, and he said, uh, Julie Greenstein, who lived in this house, mm -hmm. was the original owner, uh, a business person. Uh, Julie Greenstein is moving into the city and he's going to sell his house and I told him do not sell this house until I've spoken to my son period mm. I mean he said it emphatically and, and Julie did uh, follow that and I came out see the house talked about the price and so on and so forth and we did, and it was fortuitous for many reasons. First of all, it was good living near my mother and father, but as you know, mom developed uh, multiple sclerosis, MS, and uh, eventually became wheelchair bound. And uh, so grandma and grandpa were there too lend not only support, but actually physically coming over. Grandpa had a uh, fig tree that he had planted against the back of his house around the corner. Did I say this? I, yes, I think. Okay, and he used to come over with figs for Grandma. Mm -hmm. But and besides he, that, But he always addressed, Marie, Marie, be good. <laughs> but he used to come over and not only help with Mom, but because she couldn't walk the dog, he would walk the dog, the dog Corky. And yes. Why was his name Corky? Mommy named, Mommy chose that name because of his color, color of his coat. Yeah. The, I didn't know that was, was why. It was the color of a cork. Of a cork, yeah. I'm going to say that my memory of Mom and Corky was that they got off to a, a rough start. I don't think she was a fan of Corky's to begin with, but they, they, they developed a bond 
where Corky would be at mom's feet. She'd be sitting in the back seat or the back room in her seat and Corky would be there right by her feet mm-hmm. all the time. Not yeah. by, it was very on. protective. Right. On. Yeah. He would yeah. just curl up uh, uh, on her feet. Yeah. What mom wasn't a fan of, though, do you remember the cat? Prior to having do- a dog, we had had Domino, Domino the cat. <laughs> and Domino was a cat about town who had a <laughs> couple of litters pregnant. of kittens. One, one litter, what do you remember? He just walked in and behind the seat in the back room, under the, under the table. Oh my goodness, I don't remember that. I think yeah. I, I must have been married by then. Delivered, I don't know, five or six kittens. In the back room. So could back. you imagine how happy mom would was oh about my that? Goodness. Not very happy. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. All right, so listen, this, is, uh, this has been fun. And we kind of scratched the surface on a number of different topics, uh, all of which we can come back and, and go into deeper detail at some other time. But I want to thank you, Dad, as always, for sharing your, your recollections with us. And this the sixth episode of your Recollections, Recollections <laughs> podcast. And Linda and Sue, thank you for being a part of this as well. And the next time, maybe we can get Jerry to be a part of our yeah. conversation. All right, that would be great. His right. would, would uh, require a solo show. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that one? <laughs> Very good. All right. Okay, everybody. Thank you.